Welcome to Local Locus, the podcast where we put the spotlight on local and underground heavy music. I'm Houston. And I'm Jake. Thanks for clicking play on episode 22 of The Locus. We got a little teaser for you guys today, or a little special, I should say. The teaser's right now, and the episode's coming right <laughs> after this teaser. <laughs> <laughs> on today's episode, as a little hint, you could say that you could roll an insight check to see uh, what we're up to. We've got a nice Dungeons and Dragons special fantasy themed metal episode for all of you today. Indeed. We've brought nine underground or underknown music projects directly or peripherally related to fantasy role playing and tabletop gaming. So, if you like heavy metal, slaying dragons, and casting dark magic, get your D20s and sit tight for a one shot of Local Locus You Won't Forget. <laughs> Yeah, it's no secret that, uh, Jake, you and I are big fans of Dungeons & Dragons. We've actually referenced it a few times. The first example that comes to mind, when we featured the the stoner punk band Scavengers, and we we showed you guys their EP, Are We Alone Now, I think it was the last track on that record called Self-Sacrifice is an Art Form and You Aren't Very Creative. That one had a little part in the bridge that was kind of, I'd say an underhanded reference to Dungeons and Dragons, you can see for yourself. I don't know what you think, Jake, but in my opinion, that is clearly a reference to the Rogue class and the world's best tabletop RPG. The world's best indeed. And even though they've tiptoed around fully confirming it... (laughs) I think it's very clear that it's a Dungeons & Dragons reference. A more explicit Dungeons & Dragons reference that we've had on the podcast was when we did an interview with the one-man Blackened Folk project from Yorkshire, UK. The band was called Wizard Storm, and uh, that guy had just released his um, ambient noise project in the form of a choose-your-own-adventure setting-based story called Wildlands. And Wizard Storm did tell us explicitly that was heavily inspired by fantasy RPG gaming like Dungeons and Dragons, uh, as well as other choose-your-own-adventure-style books and so on. So we're definitely big fans of D&D here. And that's why, Jake, when you found this one band, we decided we would make a big deal out of it. We were going to turn it into a whole thing. Yeah, and the idea kept growing and growing. <laughs> it was like, we'll get a few bands, we'll talk about it. And then you're like, I need four bands on my desk by Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> It, well, we both provided, and so for total, we've got nine bands. So, Jake, why don't you give us a little bit of a teaser? Tell us, tell us a little bit of, about our adventuring party for this episode. Well, yeah, like we mentioned, we've got nine projects to bring to you, uh, most falling within what I guess you would just call heavy metal. Surprisingly, though, I'd say within this very uh, specific genre, I think we found a lot of different sounds here, mm-hmm. and we thought it'd be fun if you didn't know in Dungeons and Dragons. You make a uh, adventuring party made up of just you know uh, different classes and races, and so we thought we'd reach out to the bands and just see what they were. Houston, what group of adventurers are you bringing? Okay, so my first one here, I've got a human barbarian. I know this was the one I actually heard back from. They are a sort of um, doom heavy metal from Ontario, Canada. I also have a what I'm going to call this is they they agreed when I suggested this, but 
having not played Dungeons and Dragons themselves, it was sort of up to my discretion. I've got a Dark Elf Wizard. Uh, it's a heavy metal band delivering arcane metal magic from Australia. And b- before I go any further, I just want to add in, it makes sense to me that no matter uh, what class we prescribe or the band identified as, <laughs> um, they're technically all bards, if you think about it. Oh, <laughs> the fact none of them thought to put it is kind of disappointing. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, I guess they're all kind of bards. I also have a wood elf druid. That's by my own discretion. Sort of a new wave of British heavy metal type band. I from already know England. which one that is, too. Yeah, yeah. So that's how you know I did <laughs> yeah. a good job. Yeah, yeah. I have a, and lastly, I have another human barbarian. And this one has actually, one member got back to me and said they had played before and this was the class they were. I don't know if they would say the band is that exactly, but I think it fits. But this is like a heavy thrash band from uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We also have one more sort of uh, surprise project to split up all the heavy the heavy metal and heavy tunes um, about halfway through the episode. <laughs> but Jake, on top of those five bands, you're bringing <laughs> four more. What does what, what your half of the adventuring party look like? So, Houston, uh, I think we've got a lot of traditional uh, themes here because I've got a lot of humans as well. Mm. So, I've got a what I'm just fully designating. Uh, I have two human fighters I'm bringing. One's like a speed metal, uh, and that's from Ohio. And then one I think's more of like a little bit more of a traditional heavy metal sound, and that's from Greece. And then I have also a dark elf rogue, and I'd say they're from Portugal. And why they're a rogue I'll get into once we get in the episode. And then my one band that really responded... (laughs) (laughs) They said that they only play really traditional D&D and that they would like to word themselves as a human paladin because they are the protectors of heavy metal and know what is good and true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's from Indiana. <laughs> so at first I was thinking like, there's a lot of ways we could go about deciding which one of us goes first. But why not just go with the traditional method and roll initiative for each of our dudes? Um, shit. Yeah, so I, I have my D20 ready. Let me go get my clickety-clack. <laughs> um, I just figured yeah, we'd just have a plus, plus zero dex for all of our, our party and just see which order they come up in. Oh, yeah, I'll put it real close to my mic. <laughs> oh, crit fail. <laughs> Dude, imagine crit failing on your first adventure on Local Locus. Well, Houston, my party is going to have a rough time. <laughs> Honestly, my party's not looking too good either. (laughs) Okay, okay. Do we have 20 or higher? (laughs) No crits. 15 to 20? Uh, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have any? Nope. (laughs) I've got two 12s. I got a 13. All right, so it looks like you're going first then. And who better to start it off, dude? Oh, yes. That's how you know that they're practically a paladin. They've got God on their side. Exactly, dude. (laughs) Well... Judging from that statement, you know who it is. I believe I do. Our first band we got is Throne of Iron from Indiana. There's a lot we can say about this band. Uh, I found this project, and this is kind of what kickstarted the whole uh, idea for this podcast. So, ups to those guys. They have a lot of like EPs out on Bandcamp, but if you're going to look for these guys on Spotify, you'll see that they only have one album, and it's what we're going to talk about here. And that album is Adventure One. What song should we listen to from these guys? I'm thinking the best introduction is the song A Call to Adventure. 
think that's a good enough little little teaser. Yeah, that get was on there. perfect. I love everything about that. It, like built up perfectly for that little teaser. Yeah, but yeah, that's a really good example of like it's kind of like Rift City. Not in terms of there's like riff and riff back to back, but they they take one super solid riff and kind of milk it into a whole song. Yep. And that you, that's kind of what happens in that song and the whole record. But yeah, good example. Yeah, and I think what was really weird about labeling this, like, because even though they're all basically going to fit into like this heavy metal genre, it's almost like it was old school, but I'm, I'm trying to figure out if it's old school because of the like kind of recording they went with, you know, or if it's actually like the way the music is, you know what I mean? I definitely think it's both. Yeah, and I would say this is just, like, this album is just, like, fun to me. Like, I picture I'm back in the 70s, I'm hiding in a basement playing some Dungeons and Dragons, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's, like, the vibe. There's nothing better to describe it. It's like, this record gives you a feel. So, yeah, this band's just wearing it on their sleeve, and that's what makes it so fun and, like, unique. And I think we were looking for that in a lot of other bands, you know? But I think it's more tongue-in-cheek with a lot of heavy metal, you know? And this is like a special project that's just like, here it is. Here's Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> it's really self-aware like that. Like the narrator on some of the tracks really makes it all work is what it's trying to do, which is like tell the story of the campaign. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing about it was, I can't confirm this by any means, but it feels like an actual campaign wrapped into an album. Like from the start to that last song, it feels like a good beginning and good closure. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I feel like they got the story they wanted to tell in it. And it feels like you're almost there, especially with the narrator and all. Like, there's parts where you feel like you're sitting at the table, like, enjoying it. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what it's supposed to be. Yep, and I have one... Well, I got two announcements to make with this. One, this band makes sick merch. And so, like, if you're just into D&D, I would check out that band camp. And also, I had a little simulation-breaking moment, Houston. <laughs> <laughs> There's this guy I like to watch that does a lot of weightlifting stuff, right? His name's Rick Bugenhagen. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, understand this, right? This, this band's got 500 monthly listeners, right? Mm-hmm. I'm watching a Rick Bugenhagen video on YouTube, and whose merch is he wearing? Decked out shirts and short? None other than Throne of Iron. No way. And my brain couldn't handle it. <laughs> I don't think I would be able to handle that. Yeah, it, it's still been bugging me. I saw it like the beginning of this week, and I've been like, what? <laughs> is throne of iron more than just this band like this could that have been for something else it's their merch i mean I, oh yeah yeah like i mean it's their t-shirts they're selling on their website and shorts. did you even know this guy listened to metal or played like i didn't know he listened games? to metal he listens to a lot of like thrash metal and stuff though i mean that it all checks out but still it's mind-boggling it is mind-boggling but also, I want to wish one of the members Tucker well at the end of this episode. Our boy's been stricken with the Rona. Oh, Lord. And so best of luck to that guy. He failed his con save, and things aren't looking good. You don't need to cast Wish, though, because the last song on the track list was Wish. <laughs> I think that's a good place to stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I have two in initiative order for 12. Do you have anything 12? Who? No, I don't. But which of those two do you think would have a higher dex? Ooh, that's a good call. Let me see here. Well, one of them is one of my human barbarians. Mm -hmm. And if you'll recall, in the fifth edition of Dungeons & Dragons, (laughs) barbarians have that one instinct uh, feature that allows them to have advantage on dexterity saving throws. It's called Danger Sense. They also get AC from Dex, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. So, so. I, I would say that between those, 
I'm going to go with this band. Honestly, a really good second band to bring up, okay? All right. This band is called Legendary, and they've got a bunch of records out, but the only thing they've released this year was a little EP called Heavy Metal Adventure. It came out in August, uh, right at the end of August, and you're not going to find this one on Spotify, sadly. It's only on Bandcamp, but if you like their sound, you're going to find a lot of them on Spotify. This record was like 22 and a half minutes long. Like I said, it was three cover songs from the likes of um, Manila Road, Jethro Tull, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. Uh, so really classic, like fantasy type epic stuff. Yeah. But the song we're going to listen to here is called Heavy Metal Adventure. And I think it's a really good example of this perfect like fantasy heavy metal. So musically, I think what's going to stand out, yeah, is these guys are going to be one of the faster bands we bring today. You mentioned you've got some thrashier ones, but definitely this is in that echelon as well in terms of speed. There's actually some like deep lore associated with Legendary. There's like a character called the Earth Warrior that appears on multiple um, records from them, as well as uh, as they have like a world called like Ern E Y R N. So they definitely have everything down except the actual click clack dice rolling, if, as far as I can tell. <laughs> yeah. Man, this was, I think, a perfect transition band. You know, it's got kind of that same, almost what you would think of like an underground basement sound. And like, I still think both these bands fit in almost a a 70s vibe or like a early 80s, you know? Mm-hmm. That's like the vibe I'm getting from both of them. And this this is dope. <laughs> yeah, the guy I talked to on, on Facebook Messenger said that although he didn't really play a lot of D&D, growing up, he did play a lot of like NES RPG games. He referenced Dragon Warrior, Wizardry, The Bard's Tale, and so on. Um, he said he played a few times uh, in the past and said a human barbarian, chaotic neutral, was one of his go-to builds. So that's why I called them a human barbarian. Yeah, man, this one had like a cool... Um, the only thing I would say that really stands out to this one is like, even though it's fast, it's got that like Black Sabbath-y like, guitar sound you know what i mean even though it's upbeat, yeah the guitar tone is definitely kind of like that it's got that muddy like grimy kind of doom metal type thing going on yeah whereas with throne of iron it was almost like a more like classic heavy metal feel like dio or like rainbow type guitar yeah yeah for sure there was something i wanted to read from their band camp oh the thing through mists of time and beyond the dungeons deep <laughs> i wasn't gonna get into all that but like i said they do do a lot of that like world building yeah, this is yeah. just one little thing I thought was kind of funny. Like, even though they said they don't play Dungeons and Dragons, that baffles me because they have two members and then a third person who played just on the record for the recording. And so the mm-hmm. first member, he's got that like black metal type, uh, you know, artist name. It's mm-hmm. Vidar. He plays electric guitar, acoustic guitar. He also provides vocals, piccolo, bass, mellotron. Hi drummer. Hi guy with the cymbals. Hi trumpeter. Hi tambourine girl. Hi timbali man. Hi didgeridoo player. Hi, triangle player. Hammond organ, taiko drum, and the swords. Whereas the on the swords. other hand, you've got Kicker, who is providing the drums, percussion, and also the necromancy on this record. <laughs> so that's just so funny. And if it's, they just fit in so well on this episode. Man, I can't wait to learn how to play the swords. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I love that. But yeah, so that's our boys in Legendary. Oh, that was one other thing I wanted to say. You were talking about how <laughs> sick the merch was for Throne of Iron and how you saw that dude wearing the merch on YouTube. Uh-huh. Dude, Legendary's merch is hands down the best merch I have ever seen in my life. With, like the purple and the yellow and like the long sleeves with like the sleeve art and the 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 always the art on their records looks so good. It looks really cool. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And another thing is like Bandcamp Bands will sometimes like really make their band camps look nice. This is one of the best looking band camps I've ever seen. They got Yo. some like graphic designer in the band. You know what's crazy? You just what's said that? that. So the album art's pretty cool looking, right? You know, like yeah, yeah. If you scroll down, cover painting by Vidar. Yeah, there you go. He did that shit. Engineered and mixed by Vidar. This guy's a legend, dude. We should have made this guy a fucking wizard, dude. He's doing everything. <laughs> the brain on this guy <laughs> he's like a four-way multi-class <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah so that's legendary with heavy metal adventure i'm gonna move it along i think i also next with my next spin because i got two 12s in the initiative order jig i know this is this is something that's not really happened on the episode but this is an episode you know for new things new things and we're going back to back so we're moving from uh, one of my human barbarians onto what i'm calling the dark elf wizard it wasn't hard to come up with the class on this one. The band is called The Wizard, and we're going to be talking about their um, newest full-length called Subterranean Exile. It came out April 10th. It's about 35 minutes long. These guys are from Australia, and they say that they are putting out some arcane metal magic into the world, and I can't think of a better way to word it. The song we're going to play for you guys right now, this is called Master of the Night. This is the riff that like yep. really sealed the deal for me. That, oh yeah. Dan, 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 I was like, oh. <laughs> this is like what Ghost should sound like with their image. I was literally going to say that. <laughs> and like, that is so and weird. it's weird because like I actually do like Ghost, but like when the whole time I was listening to this record, I pictured Ghost Singer up there. Like that's just... insane. Yeah, like it's so crazy, dude. That's we have we're on the same wavelength on that one. That is hilarious because when I was listening to this album, it was the main note I had. I was like. You know, I'm picturing Ghost the band, but not because of the music. I'm just picturing their characters <laughs> up there. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I think this one's the most, uh, like, I think it's the most unique in that it didn't feel very, like, in-your-face, like, I'm the great adventurer, and I've come to slay. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think this yeah. one had, like, a kind of, I don't think creepy vibes is the right thing, but you know what I'm saying? It had this kind of, like, dark vibe to it, I would say. Yeah, like, all the other ones we bring are, like, they are being the protagonists. Like, they are being the good guys in the campaign. Mm -hmm. And, like, this is, like, the BBEG. This is, like, the bad guy. He's the evil wizard. You've got to beat all his minions uh, throughout the whole, like, campaign. And then at the end, you finally get to fight this guy and his, you know, his ancient red dragon pet. You know what I mean? Exactly, dude. This guy, th this band's, like, honestly, they shouldn't even be a class in race. This is, like, the lich of the campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, like, you know the, the published module for 5e, Curse of Strahd? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, in that campaign, is like, there's this big bad guy, he's like the vampire, and you're stuck in his realm, and you've got to get out, basically, without spoiling anything. And he sort of oversees everything. 
And there's this one part on this album, like right near the beginning, I think it was like the first or second track. And as like the guitars are all fading out, uh, listen to this. That line, oh, yeah. this, a in the highest window burns. of the tallest tower, a single candle still burns. I know it's so cheesy, and I always tell myself I'm not the kind of person who says shit like this, but that line gave me chills, because it was like the perfect level of concrete detail and imagery to still just be like succinct, and it was awesome. It's right at the beginning of the record, mm-hmm. and I think that the record is sort of a bit of a concept album, like because that totally matches in with the album art, right? Yep. The, of there being this one big bad evil wizard who like comes back from hell. Which, which speaking of, man, you know I love to go on and on about it. This is probably my favorite album art out of all the ones we brought. There's so much going on in it. It looks so sick. Like I like that the cave looks like it's a fucking monster, like in the background. I love that shit. But yeah, that spoken word part is just it's it's funny, me and Logan talk about this all the time. You gotta with these like heavy metal bands, it's this fine line of like it's gotta be a little cheesy and they have to kinda realize it's cheesy, but they can't milk it too much, you know what I mean? And when you're being cheesy, you can't just be cheesy. You've got to have a gimmick to the cheesiness mm-hmm. while walking the fine line of not being too cheesy with it. And like, whereas all the other bands are like the good guy or like the hero doing this and this and this, saving the day with their great sword or their long sword, this is the wizard. And like, it just completely contrasts with the rest of it in a really charming and refreshing way. Yep, absolutely. But one of the things I loved about this dropping the, you know, the aesthetic of it all. I just thought the guitar work was really something worth noting. Definitely not because it was necessarily like mind-bogglingly crazy or like really technically challenging or anything like that, but just the dual guitars was something we found on a lot of these records. Mm-hmm. But uh, the production being that kind of really old school sound gave it that like original Thin Lizzy type dual guitar, if that makes any sense. The OG dual guitar, dude. I'm, I'm right here with you. I'm right here with you. And And for that... I would just say, listen to the beginning of um, Master of the Night. We, we were listening to the chorus earlier. That's the kind of shit I would love to see live, too, you know? Like, the spotlight's on just one of the guitar players, and then, boom, two of them. <laughs> damn it. Damn it. What, you mean Papa Emeritus II? Oh, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, dude. Full circle on that one. Honestly, like, a better Papa Emeritus, man. Just this album art, they should just, like, make that mask and have the singer come out in that shit. So, anyways, that record was Subterranean Exile by The Wizard. Definitely go check that out if you're into more of the evil side of the fantasy world. And uh, I guess we don't really know who's coming up next. Do we? We're still running by initiative order here. We're 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 after twelve now. Yeah. Do you have an eleven or a ten? I don't. I have a seven. I have an eight. All right. So you're up next. <laughs> that works, doesn't it? <laughs> All right. So I'm coming at you with this was my 
Dark Elf Rogue, which I'll explain now when we get into the record, but this is the one I wanted to call kind of a thrashy heavy metal, but I'm going to need your help on that because I just, there's something different about this record, and I couldn't put my name on it, but this is Iron Sword with their record Servants of Steel, and this is the song Rogues in the House. Obviously, we have to talk about the vocalist when it comes to the standout on this one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I couldn't help but think on those vocals. You remember that scene from The Fairly Odd Parents where that little nerdy kid was like Merlin or something and like <laughs> Timmy Turner helps get him his glasses and he's see. like, see. Yeah. <laughs> I can see! I can fight! That's what I pictured this with this record. both of them, dude. Yeah. You know, I, and I didn't even dig up too much. I don't even know if it's like, I'm guessing it's different vocalists. I'm, I'm guessing. I mean this in the best way, but when I was looking for albums, right, I heard that, and the vocals at first, I was like, eh, and I moved on. And so naturally, I heard the Hyborian Scrolls, then Rogues in the House, and I was like, eh, I moved on, started listening to some other stuff, but then that part was so stuck in my head, like the, raw in the hand. And I was like, dude, I have to go listen to this, like, over and over again. What made you, like, not want to, you know, bring it, like, why were you sort of hesitant? You know, it's just different. And like we mentioned, like, I think it's the only of these, like, fantasy bands we brought that has that very, what I picture as a very masculine man singing, you know what I mean? Like the the Conan the Barbarian, if you will, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Do you know what Rogues in the House, like, is? Is it a a thing? (laughs) It is a thing, and it's crazy because you literally just said what it is. Rogues in the House, I had to look it up, I didn't know either to be clear but it is a um it's like a legendary short story from like 1934 by robert howard it is one of the original stories written that it includes conan the cimmerian or Cimmerian or however you pronounce that aka conan the barbarian like no it's one of the original conan <laughs> the barbarian tales so it's so apt that you would say that wow well fuck i guess they nailed it then dude <laughs> the fact i'm picking up that vibe without you know even knowing. Uh, yeah, they they totally nailed what they're going for. But beyond that, I don't want to spoil anything in case it's a band. I'm trying to remember which band it was. We have another band that has a song called uh, Rogues in the House. Like, two of the bands we brought this week have a song called that, <laughs> which is why I looked it up. Yeah. And then, of course, these bands also have songs about Conan the Barbarian and stuff. Thanks, so it's like yeah. very common ground thematically between all these bands. And it's interesting because, you know, those type of Conan stories, I think, were a more... Um, I'm thinking, like, maybe the fantasy is more digestible in a way. And ironically, before really delving into fantasy metal like I have, like, the past, like, two or so years, you know, this is what I would actually think fantasy metal is. Like, I picture, like, a buff dude with, like, a hairy chest, you know? Yeah, I definitely got some macho, big dick, Hercules slash He-Man type energy (laughs) from from this record. Yep, for sure. Um, Oh, yeah, and I realized the other rogues in the house was from Legendary. Just to circle back to that and finish the thought. Alright. <laughs> Anyways, just for those of y'all counting, uh, out of my adventuring party, this is my second iron-themed band. 
And you've you've gone over two bands so far. I've gone over two bands so far. Um, what I'd like to do now is right in the middle here, talk about a kind of unique project, sort of you know, interspersed into the initiative order here, and then we'll take a little bit of break for ads or whatever like that. Okay. So this project I want to talk about is not metal at all, but it really fits the theme super well. project is called Hillsfar. Hillsfar has this record called Jewel of the Moon Sea of the dungeon synth genre. And it is based on the, it's a, it's a one-man dungeon synth project. Hillsfar is based on the artist's love for a late 80s, early 90s game also called Hillsfar. It came out originally on like DOS for like Microsoft um, computers uh, and then was ported over for NES and like early Nintendo consoles like that. It was part of a series of games that was based explicitly on the um, the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons like RPG edition at the time. So some of like the rule sets are actually based on the tabletop game, and a lot of the world is coming from the same thing. But it's it's sort of like what I would call like the Dungeons and Dragons lo-fi beats to to chill and study to lo-fi flutes and lutes to study to. <laughs> <laughs> I can picture it being like before like a fantasy heavy heavy metal band comes onto a stage at a concert right before Oh for sure. And yeah, like so this would be like um while they're setting everything up this would be playing. I thought that'd be like a really interesting way to picture it. I pictured it as like tavern music in Oblivion. <laughs> yeah, but it's like electronic. So it's this weird Oh yeah, it's more old school. Yeah, it's sort of strange cuz it's like it's like what you'd picture in a game like Oblivion like in a tavern, like a Elder Scrolls game. But before they had the texture in video game music to not make it sound electronic, which is like... Okay, fine. Daggerfall. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was Hillsfar with Jewel of the Moon Sea. And uh, we'll be right back after some things that are not the episode. Welcome back to Local Locus, the special D&D episode. And I got a question. Oh. Are you guys still stuck being in the Bronze Age? Are you ready to put away that cheap, inexpensive metal? <laughs> well, I think it's time we can move on to your local lo- local locust loyalty <laughs> code. <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> well, if you are sick of the bronze, let me go ahead and give you your local locust loyalty code word for this episode. Your code word today is iron. I was wondering where the hell that was going. <laughs> DM us the code word on any of our socials to earn a loyalty point. At three points, you're going to earn yourself a free local Locust sticker. And you can listen to episodes as far back as episode 14 to unearth more code words. Mine it up. We'll smelt it for you. I don't claim to be the best blacksmith in Whiterun. Yorland Greymane's got that honor. Man's ironed as a legend. Dude, like, imagine actually going to a shop and just the owner being like, you know, if you want the good stuff, keep walking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, continuing with initiative order, you had an eight, Jake. I've got a seven. (laughs) So our next band, like you said, I like to think that all the bands are bringing this episode, despite being very similar in in general style. 
are pretty unique from each other. And this is one that I really feel fits a, a niche separate from the other ones, aesthetically as well as um, musically, vocally. And it's one that I've really taken a liking to. It's called Oak, Ash, and Thorn. It's the new LP from Dark Forest. It came out April 10th. The song is The Midnight Folk. That is the part that hooked me to this whole record. Just the, oh yeah, wow. to me, to me too. That's why I sang it in time. <laughs> this record is so big. It doesn't have to compromise the classic feel in its production to feel so big. This is why, I mean, the obvious comparison is like Iron Maiden, right? For sure. And if it lends any credit to how different some of these bands can be, I would put like Wizardry and this band on like polar opposite spectrums of like the music you're listening to. Yeah, I mean, these are the good guys. The wizard is the bad guys. Yeah, but this is even like, you know, these are dudes that have never lost, you know what I mean? This is like the tales you hear in taverns, you know what I mean? It's just like nonstop good vibes <laughs> all around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I called them Druid uh, when I was talking about their class because, mm-hmm. I mean, look at the album art, look at their other album art. They have this like real Gaia, like nature theme going on, even the track listing. And of course, the band name is Dark Forest, but I'm really... If it came down to it, I'd say they're they're fighters with like heavy armor and you know a sword oh, in one is, hand and a shield yeah. in the other. This is high fantasy, honestly, or not even high fantasy. This is like what do you call it? This is like <laughs> King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. You know what I mean? Oh uh, yeah, I definitely see that. Like medieval, like practically but not, real but not fantasy. The, not the evil part of medieval, though. You know, I'm, it's like <laughs> like honestly, I'm starting to think the band should have been like Light Forest or something. You know what I mean? I was thinking the same shit, dude. I was like, how did they get off being dark? They're the good guys. They've got that epic triumph fantasy. That's it, dude. Triumph. That's like that's what this is. This is triumph metal. Because I was saying earlier about the wizard and you know, you could say about a lot of these bands with like the dual guitar. You can write sick dual guitar parts. Uh you can write sick like lead parts, but these ones were catchy, which was different. Yeah, and something else I think that this record did was, I don't know if the other ones did it as much, but the vocals are very standout in this also. Like you mentioned, those kind of like Iron Maiden type vocals. Yeah. I like the parts where they layer them too. You know what I'm talking about? Where it makes that really strong sound to the chant and all. Definitely. Yeah, I definitely thought that of all nine records, the vocalist on this one was um, one of the most like proficient with like clean singing there was a lot of range definitely also one of the standout features for for dark forest was their vocalist do you have a six i do have a six (laughs) all right well then in that case we're moving from initiative order seven with dark forest and their april 10 record Oak, Ash, and Thorn. On to you, Jake. What do we have at Initiative 6? I had this one down as another human fighter, and I got another human fighter coming up as my last band, too. Alright. They they don't sound the same, though, but 
I'd call this one close to just a more like 80s, 90s uh, heavy metal band. Uh, this is Dexter Ward from Greece, and this is the song "The Eyes of Merlin" off their new album, Three. And so I don't know about you, but very... We mentioned it with one of the other bands, too, but I think this one's got big Dio vibes with the vocalist. Oh, yeah, okay, I can see that. Yeah, not necessarily like the genre. I wouldn't call this like Rainbow or anything, but this one's like a... I still want to call it traditional heavy metal, you know, but it's not like Throne of Iron or something. You know what I mean? It's hard to explain why, but it is hard to explain the genre. (laughs) I think there was like this era of it, and so like a band I put for fans of... Have you ever listened to Blind Guardian? Like, they're a pretty big yeah, one, you yeah. know? I, I got, like, that kind of vibe, like, that era of, like, this type of fantasy metal stuff. I guess, but I think of Blind Guardian as being sort of faster, like, more in the vein yeah, of that's um, true. the next band you're, you're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, it was cool stuff. I think part of what throws me off is the production on this one, as well as, again, the next band you're going to talk about, is something where, stylistically, they're doing a very classic thing, but, like, in the studio, it's much punchier. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. And so that is sort of making it feel fresh in a certain way. Yeah, I think that's probably a good point to mention is that, you know, they could they could be writing the same riffs as Throne of Iron or something, and the production can just change that completely. Yeah, for sure. It's, it has a lot to do with that aesthetic. But I was I was listening to this one in the car with Tanner, mm-hmm. just basically just doing my homework for the podcast, and she literally said, she's like, what is this? D&D meets Tenacious D. <laughs> D and D and D. D and D. Oh like, God! <laughs> I was like, did I tell you we were doing a D and D episode? And she was like, No, are you? <laughs> you know, it's like that's how D and D this feels. She got the same feeling from it, so it's definitely right for this episode. Yeah, and I would say even more so than Iron Sword. This is like right there, some good mainstream fantasy. You know what I mean? Eyes of Merlin, mm-hmm. Conan the Barbarian, Reign of the White Knight. Check that I box. mean, like it's got the it's it, got the Conan. You know what I mean? Yeah, it it's got yeah, it's got. I mean, like, there's a song called The Demon Slayer. I mean, it's very just, like, that power metal, like, we're the good guys. How could you forget in the days of epic metal? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> as long as that epic metal is iron and not steel or trash-ass bronze, dude. <laughs> you, you hit my last point, too, though, which was just, it's got that Conan song, so check that box. <laughs> All right, we've got the Conan reference. We're missing out on the Iron reference, sadly, but we tried to spin it with the epic metal, but uh, <laughs> that was <laughs> Dexter Ward with their album, Three. Uh, you know, Yusin, I believe you're next up on the list because my last band is a crit fail. Ooh, crit fail on the initiative. Yep, yep. I mean, that's the best place to crit fail, really, because they definitely didn't crit fail in the music. <laughs> <laughs> they executed when their turn came. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so my last band I want to talk about today is my second Human Barbarian, and this is the only band that I got the explicit... <laughs> the person I talked to said, now I don't know what the rest of the band would say, but for me, it's a no-brainer. We're a Human Barbarian. 
a no-brainer. I don't know. She literally said no-brainer. Oh, oh, okay. I was sitting there like... <laughs> yeah, she said, I feel like everyone in the band would choose something different, but at least for me personally, I would choose the Barbarian. Gotcha, gotcha. This was their singer, I, I, I think. So the band is called Smolder, and the new record, I think it's their debut record, even though it's weird. They have like two records on Spotify, so I think this is literally the fabled debut sophomore record. <laughs> Because I think that they call it their debut. You mean our second debut sophomore. (laughs) (laughs) Your first one wasn't really, though. This is like the fabled. Like, it's actually (laughs) happening this time. That's a callback to episode 20, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, it's called Dream Quest Ends. Came out early March. It's 37 minutes long. And I think the big iconic song is one they've recorded at least twice. So this song is called Sword Woman by Smolder. So groovy, dude. Yeah, it's another one which is so obviously different than the other bands that we brought mm-hmm. because they're bringing in that that like that stoner like that doom element where it's like For slow sure. and groovy. For sure. It other than like the very obvious standout thing that's different with this record with the female singer, I don't even think that's what really stands out in it. It's like the one of my favorite records, Houston. That's why I'm glad you got me onto this album. Is uh, you ever listen to Candlemas? I honestly can't say I have. They are like the ones considered to have started epic doom metal, is what it's called, because they had an album called Epicus Doomicus Metallicus, <laughs> and I am not making that up. But anyways, the whole album has like songs called like the Demon's Gate and shit. You know, like it's definitely like fantasy based. You know, and one of my favorite songs on it is the first song, Solitude, and it's perfect that this song. You chose the part that starts with the word solitude, because musically, huge for fans of. Like, this sounds a lot like that record that I really like. And then it's got that, like, extra new flavor of having the, like, female vocals that are definitely different than the uh, the guys' vocals on that other record. Yeah, like, like <laughs> a big opposite aesthetically and, like, in timbre and everything from Iron Sword. Oh, yeah. Where it's like... but yeah i mean if we're gonna talk about vocalists i feel like the wizard that was one where like the band would not have been the same if they weren't going for the exact vocal approach they were going for because it had that evil vibe and of course iron sword it adds to the good guyness the kind of vocals you see on smolder yeah for sure but it's i like that they're a barbarian and not a fighter you know what i mean because it's like that unpolished, like, I'm going to do the right thing. But at the same time, it's not the same as, like, Dark Forest mm-hmm. or, like, Legendary, where it's like, you're just the knight. No, you're like the barbarian. Yeah. It's different, I think. I was going to say the same thing. Like, whereas Dark Forest, you know how I said, it, it's only the good part of your tales. This one feels like we're still triumphing, but it's hard fought. Do you know what I mean? It sounds like, you know, it's this, it's this slow, drudging, like, epic, like, adventure, you know? Absolutely, yeah. 
this the song Sword Woman, just like the notion Sword Woman, uh-huh. just made me think of Leah's character Hobbs. Like, <laughs> like, Dude, Hobbs needs to just listen like, to this song. Just <laughs> yeah, as she's saving the day every time. Yeah, always the last one up. Just like ah, <laughs> I need to do that. Like next session when she's inevitably the last one standing, I'm like, all right, Leah, you want your song on? <laughs> <laughs> the song Warrior Witch of Hell. Every time it would come on. I would restart it at the end before I even went into the next song. Like, I loved the whole record, but that song, I was just like, all right, one more time. <laughs> Had to keep going through it. And the other thing I wanted to say was, I always go through, and I know you do as well, like, I'll go on Facebook and like the bands that we bring on, and I'll try to do that with the with the page as well, because I like to see if they're doing something new or, like, you know, the posts that people make on, on social media are, like, a completely different type of consumable media than the songs they make. Yeah, for sure. But uh, they they posted this band Smolder already posted a picture of them like outside, and it said like it's a great day today. I think it was today or yesterday actually to be to go to the park and start writing for the new record. We already have five songs down or something like that. Oh, That's crazy. <laughs> but uh, somebody commented, "Don't lie. I know you're just at the park playing D and D." So definitely uh, a good band to bring on the episode because I think they share our love for the uh, the best role playing game in the world. For sure. For sure. But yeah, with that, that's uh, that's Smolder. Like I said, uh-huh. the record's called Dream Quest Ends. We listen to Sword Woman, and we're going down to our crit fail in the initiative order. What is our last band for the day, Jake? Well, aptly as we started with, you know, the Adventure One, our Dream Quest really is coming to an end as we are on our last band. <laughs> and if you're keeping up, <laughs> you're gonna love the name of this one, Houston. <laughs> I brought a human fighter, but I just want to say that this human fighter, I think, is like on a horse with a spear, all right? This guy's zooming at you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the band Iron Flame. Another iron band. And you know, before you gave me that four bands on my desk by Tuesday, they were all iron. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found another one. Before we get into Iron Flame, uh-huh. I want to take a detour. This was one of my surprise detours. I found another band called Iron Angel with like 15 to 20,000 monthly listeners so definitely out of the range we would normally bring on the um on the show but it got me thinking I wonder how many bands have like iron in their name and so I went to oh, Encyclopedia Metallica yep. <laughs> and what I wanted to do was just um I want to play a little game with you Jake I just wanted to You have 3 strikes. Okay. You get one strike for each time you guess a band name that isn't on Encyclopedia Metallica. Let's see how many you can get before you accumulate three strikes. Do I get points if I get them right? Yeah. Okay, we'll see okay, how many you can okay. like accumulate that are, yeah, we're right. We'll call each one a point. <laughs> can I count the ones I've already brought? <laughs> yeah, we'll count that as you have three points. Okay, okay. You have Iron Flame, Iron Sword, and Throne of Iron. Okay, okay. Um, fuck. <laughs> I'm going to go with... Oh, and by the way, if any of these I get wrong, any of our listeners want to steal the band names, I expect a little bit of the profit. <laughs> um, Iron Heart. There are two bands called Iron Heart. <laughs> All right. So th- I'm going to call that a total of five points so far. Okay, okay. Um, Iron Destiny. Ooh. It's a ballsy one. Yeah, that's a... That's a- <laughs> That's a br- I'm going to call that a strike, Jake. I don't see any Iron Destinies on okay, here. Okay, okay. Um, oh, I think I, this is an actual band. <laughs> Iron Throne? You have Throne of I Iron, know. but no, we'll I see. No, I think Iron Throne's a band. 
Give it a look. It brings up Throne of Iron if ah, I search. Um, that's probably a strike then. Iron Throne. Probably a strike. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a strike. There's no Iron Throne. Iron Cross. <laughs> that's got to be one. That's what I was thinking. Oh, Jake. Oh, no. You just got a lot of points. You got, oh, you got a lot oh, of points. Oh, a lot of points. <laughs> All right. Uh, I see five just from the US, <laughs> as well as one from Finland. Uh, one from... Well, those are six. Easy. We'll decide how you want to what you want to do with these. We have Cross of Iron instead of Iron Cross. Okay. We, won't... we also have Sons of Iron Cross. See, I, I don't think I can count those. Okay. I think just so the Iron then Cross. Then in that case, gotcha. In that case, you're already at 11 points with only Dude, one that, strike left to spare. I felt like that moment in Wheel of Fortune, you know, where when you get that perfect <laughs> vowel and they just keep dinging it. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> Ding. Vanna White Ding. is making my day right now. okay okay um i'm thinking another ballsy one okay we're gonna go with iron king oh oh Mm. Mm. if you search iron king in the search bar it comes up with old iron king i'm gonna search it as one word and see what comes up i'm gonna say that that's a strike all right all right you know no i think 11's good i think 11's good i'm gonna take it 11's really good, especially considering you only guessed, like, two. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's so many. I feel like there's so many, but I was, like, too scared to guess certain ones. I was like, um... <laughs> We're moving on to... Which iron are we looking at now, Jake? Oh, well... <laughs> We're looking to the hottest of the irons, okay? We're looking at Iron Flame. And, uh... I want to listen to the song Gates of Evermore off their new record, Blood Red Victory. And this is their third debut album. <laughs> you can't just say that. <laughs> Mine was actually the no, second no, it's, debut. It's a thing now. It's a thing now. Okay. <laughs> there was a lot of different flavors on this album and um those are two distinct ones and there were more but that is like a killer first track you know when you turn on an album and it's just like you're just like oh oh shit it's like buckle up right away buttercup we're going in yeah i wrote it starts off really fast especially the first two songs have a lot of speed and like aggression um fast and heavy even for heavy metal and it, it really stays rocking like the whole like the kind of like rock and roll type the whole the whole time but it does slow down a bit and shows like a more of a variety of sub styles in terms of some more melodic moments some more like head bangy parts that are slower and also some like strange parts as well now and then yeah for sure kind of just made me raise my eyebrows like oh okay yeah i mean it's um like i just have to let it out there right now why i really enjoyed this band one of the bands that really turned me on to this flavor genre uh, and I've shown you them before, I believe, is, uh, you know, Visigoth, that band? I actually don't remember that band. They're the ones that actually have that song called Dungeon Master. It's like, he's the Dungeon Master. Okay, okay. You know what I mean? This band is, like, the perfect for fans of, I think. Like, it's still different enough, you know what I mean? Like, they don't sound exactly the same, but I definitely got, like, Visigoth vibes on it, and I was like, all right, perfect. You know, it's like, uh, the best way I describe it is, like, you know when you first get into Metallica and, like, Megadeth? 
and then you realize other thrash bands exist and you're just like yay more riffs (laughs) 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 that's how i describe it like i really like physical i found this and i'm like yes more riffs (laughs) i guess we're talking about riffs i'll talk about the guitar like in a lot of heavy metal bands like more classic ones that clearly influenced all the bands that we're bringing today, like Maiden and Priest and Thin Lizzy, like the new, like the new wave British heavy metal, especially. That's not one. That's I'm not trying to say that that is the style I would compare this to because there was definitely better bands that we brought this episode to exemplify that, namely Dark Forest. But the thing about bands like that is they've got the dual guitars and the harmonies going on with like the lead licks, which there was a lot of that on this. There was a lot of that on this <laughs> yes. record for sure. But you also see a lot of that in genres like Mellow Death. Mm-hmm. But what I found stood out about this album over, ba- over, over other genres that do that, especially like Mellow Death, is that joining in those two to three guitars at any given moment were the vocals. In the same way Dark Forest did it, where like it added another note to the harmony, and it really worked good because I thought this was another band that we brought today whose vocalist was not as flashy as some of the other bands, but more proficient, if that makes sense. And I would say the same thing about their guitar work. Not as flashy at most moments, but somehow more prof- proficient. And I wonder if that has to do with just like a really, really crisp production they had going on as well. Yeah, and it could also be like, maybe that's like their idea, you know what I mean? Like, maybe some bands are trying to be like, all right, look what we can do. And this band just kind of is like, all right, we know what we can do. And they're just like, you know. Yeah. And they're just like staying in the lane of what they want to do and do it well. Yeah, because it felt... Uh, this was the note I made. I was, I was, I was actually driving while listening to this, and I like had to get my notebook out and write it because it wasn't that I didn't think it was proficient. It was a, you know, it was a bit mechanically proficient, but where it was really proficient was musically. It wasn't just in the same like scale, just doing the things. It wasn't running up and down the scale. It was like changing modes and stuff here and there. Yeah, from anywhere from like a whole section of the song to just a few moments at a time, and it felt really mature in terms of like moment to moment. What can we do, not just with our fingers, like picking on the guitar and stuff, but like with our with our brains? Like, what can we think up to keep everything spicy? It had a really textured flavor, like melodically speaking. Yeah, for sure. For what it is, especially. I think the perfect term for this band, because like you said, it's so weird to describe because it's doing the things you know that like, uh, you know, like a power slash fantasy metal band's gonna do. You know, like you mentioned with the twin guitars and everything. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they just describe themselves as modern heavy metal and i think that word modern is really important especially with a lot of the bands we've talked about you know like you definitely feel like the inspiration but it's not completely emulating it you know it's kind of twisting it a little bit yeah but they do things that i wouldn't say are super like mind-boggling but just are out of place enough to fit but still be kind of awesome and like grab my attention like listen to seekers of the blade around the bridge Mm mm-hmm Like, it was just not something I was expecting. Yeah, that part was really cool. And definitely, yeah, when you're like, I'm glad you point out that part. When you're first listening to this record, that's a part where you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> like, you just kind of like, stops you in your tracks definitely. a bit. And that was one of the ones I favorited because it was a little bit not groundbreaking, mm-hmm. but mold breaking. Yeah. That was Gates of Evermore by Iron Flame. Thanks so much to all our bands. Uh, there's so many of them. I'm just going to let us both split this one up, Houston. Uh, Thank you to uh, my half of the party I brought, which was Iron Flame, of course. 
Iron Sword, Throne of Iron, and then the non-ironers themselves, Dexter Ward. And thank you as well to our druid, wizard, and other two barbarians, Dark Forest, The Wizard, Legendary, and Smolder, respectively. I was really pleased with the variety. It was a really ambitious episode trying to bring uh, those eight metal bands as well as I forgot. I want to drop that thank you, of course, to uh, Hillsfar as well. That was the uh, Dungeon Synth. I think we should let them know about uh, something we've been cooking up for the ones that do play D&D and like to have a little little background music going. Indeed. Part of what I was I had in mind like as a value when I was looking for my bands was stuff that I wouldn't mind having playing in the background while I was in the, the middle of running or playing in a combat encounter. So we talked about it, and we decided that combining all of the bands that we've brought today, we we're going to add a, a few songs from each one, as well as some other, if we find any other sort of underground, heavy metal, fantasy, epic, doom, whatever you want to call it, metal that fits the vibe. We're, we're going to put it all onto a, a, a playlist for you guys. If you want to find the playlist of these bands, you can find it on our socials for this week, or search in Spotify. Dungeon Metal, Heavy Fantasy Metal from the Underdark. Underground. Yeah, Underground. Thanks for swimming against the mainstream with us at Local Locust, the podcast that puts the spotlight on local and underground heavy music. Follow our socials for updates and find other episodes by visiting locallocuspod.com. And if you want to catch up on Local Locust featured tunes or find any of the tracks mentioned in this episode, don't forget to look out for our official Local Locust podcast playlist on Spotify. If you or someone you know is looking for a feature, reach out to us on any of our socials or email us at locallocuspod at gmail.com. Big thanks for listening, guys. Thanks. Thanks.